North Carolina has a projected top 20 front court and a projected top 20 backcourt for the upcoming basketball season. So that clearly means they project to be a top 20 team, right? Right? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, September 26, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. I want to remind you too that if you want to be a bigger part of the Locked on Tar Heels community, we now have a Discord where we're hanging out in deeper community, having conversation about Carolina athletics and anything else under the sun all the time. The link to join the Discord is in the show notes on video and audio. Make sure you dive in today. Well, coming up on the show, we got all sorts of good stuff to talk about. We're going to look at the the set, um, excuse me, the times and TV, and now all that has been set for the ACC-SEC Challenge, the first one of these coming up later on um, in, in the first month or so of the basketball season. Also, a recruit in the class of 2025 has set an official visit date to North Carolina. We're going to look at that. But before we get into all that, one thing I want to mention about the football team very quickly. There have been four weeks to the football season. All four of them, at least one Tar Heel, has won one of the ACC Football Player of the Week awards. Week one, British Brooks was named co-running back, or no, excuse me, running back of the week, along with Cayman Rucker being the defensive lineman of the week for the conference. Week two, Omarion Hampton shared running back of the week um, award. And then week three, two weeks ago, Nate McCollum was the ACC receiver of the week. And then this week, Elijah Huzzy was named the ACC Specialist of the Week, and for the second time, Cayman Rucker was named ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week. Week after week after week, that is some consistency you want to see different people spotting up. Just want to say congrats to those guys and keep rolling. But here's where we want to get our conversation going today. I mentioned that off the top, North Carolina has a top 20 front court and a top 20 back court. Now, that's not just me pulling something out of thin air. If you were with us on Friday's show, you know we talked about the Almanac, which had come out. Uh, this is the second annual Almanac. They have all sorts of great stuff, previews for all 32 conferences, capsules for all 362 teams this year. Um, all of that is in there, plus a whole bunch of other stuff, top 100 players, top mid-major schools, all of that. Well, two of the lists they do are the top 20 or top 20 front courts in the nation and the top 20 back courts in the nation. Now I know on Friday's show, I was looking at, Hey, the, the top 25, like their preseason top 25. And I just expressed like, Hey, I think Carolina should be higher than this. And legitimately a bunch of people wrote back things a lot in the comments of like, yeah, but it's preseason prognostication. Who cares? And I hear that, but this, this is what we do. We speculate in the offseason because it's fun and awesome. So I want to look at where Almanac has Carolina's front court and back court ranked and then pitch a little bit of a confusion I have with their overall rankings. We'll get there in a second. Now, what's neat to me about 
looking at these smaller um, personnel units is it's a little bit easier to project because it is smaller groups. And it's like, man, these guys should really be able to play well together. So I think that's in some ways easier to project than full teams. So that said, let's start in the front court. North Carolina is ranked by the Almanac as having the number seven front court in the nation. Here's their capsule on why they said so. Quote, Armando Baycott got all the plaudits after UNC's run to the 2022 national title game, but he didn't quite live up to his lofty expectations to that last season, to which I would respond, by the way, injury after injury after injury. Anyway, coming back, that should change in 2023-24 as the pieces around him should fit better. Jalen Withers and Harrison Ingram should be able to provide a better threat shooting the ball, while Jalen Washington is a potential breakout candidate. Overall, if Baycott returns to his 17-10 and 10 form, while Ingram and Withers do what they've done over the last two seasons, that should be enough to make UNC a top 15 team this season. So there you go. Clearly, the 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 majority of the reason for putting Carolina this high in terms of the front court is Armando, right? Fifth year player, Carolina's all time leading rebounder, all time leading double doubler. We'll we'll give that a noun. Um, but but all the other stuff that Armando has done, scoring and teammate and all that. Um, plus, when you add in, you know what looks like to be a better pairing with him with Jalen Withers or Harrison Ingram, whoever's starting at the four alongside him, that things seem to be in a, in a better shape closer, hopefully to what Carolina had two years ago with Armando and Brady Manick than what it turned out to be last year with Armando and Pete Nance, which all due respect to Pete Nance. I think as I've said all along, I think his year was hampered in, in large part due to the back problems that he had. But I think this is a win for Carolina being recognized as a top, you know, seven front court in the nation. By the way, the teams that they named as having the six front courts above Carolina were Kansas, Purdue, Duke, UConn, Villanova, and Creighton. And then when you look into those front courts, you hear some of that. Like you think about Purdue, for example, ranked second in this, um, have the reigning national player of the year, Zach Eady. So that kind of thing makes sense. Only two other, outside of Carolina and Duke, only two other ACC schools made this top 20. That was Miami at 12 with Norchad O'Meara, makes a ton of sense, and Clemson at 20 with P.J. Hall. That also makes a ton of sense. So let's hold on to that for a second. Carolina ranked seventh in terms of front courts in the nation. Let's move to the backcourt. In the backcourt, the Almanac has Carolina ranked with the 15th best backcourt in the nation. Let me read their capsule here. Quote, the Tar Heels had as much addition by subtraction as anyone in college basketball this offseason as Caleb Love transferred to Arizona. By the way, as as you read this Almanac, you're going to see a lot of Caleb Love, uh, not love from the Almanac and... Doesn't quite sit right with me, but just here we go. With Love gone, R.J. Davis should slide into the star guard role, and we believe he is ready for it. Seth Trimble and Elliot Cadeau should be more than capable of sharing minutes at the second guard spot, while Cormac Ryan and Paxson Wojcik will provide a veteran presence and upgrade the shooting. I think that makes a lot of sense. If they were putting the order of things intentionally with Seth Trimble and Elliot Cadeau, I would obviously flip-flop those uh, with Elliot being the Robin to RJ's Batman or, you know, however you want to look at that. 
Um, and then I, I love it. Cormac Ryan, Paxson Wojcik, absolutely. We think they're going to provide a good shooting punch. The 14 teams listed ahead of Carolina in terms of backcourts are Marquette, Duke, Kansas, Michigan State, Houston, Texas A&M, UConn, Creighton, Villanova, Tennessee, USC, Baylor, Florida, Atlantic, FAU, and Miami. Several of those schools are going to be on Carolina's schedule, by the way, when you look at that. So the other ACC schools on this list are Duke, you heard me name them, Miami at 14, and Syracuse at 20 with J.J. Starling coming over from Notre Dame, and then Judah Mintz returning to Syracuse as well. So hold that. So we've got Carolina's backcourt at 15th, Carolina's frontcourt at 7th on these two lists. Here's what doesn't add up to me, though. You've got those two units for the Tar Heels, 7th and 15th. But reminder back to where the Almanac has Carolina in its top 25, they have the Tar Heels 24th. That just doesn't add up to me. Just at face value, if you have a frontcourt that's 7th, a backcourt that's 15th, that's no worse than 15th in the nation. What's missing though? Why, why, you know, so I tried to think through as I was putting this math together, why might the almanac in totality have Carolina lower than the sum of its parts, the seventh best front court and the 15th best back court. Is it, they don't believe in coach Davis or the coaching staff as a whole. Is it depth? Do they not think there's enough depth beyond those guys they listed? Is it, Hey, those individual uh, units are ranked high, but they don't think they'll intersect well and play well together. I don't see that because this team is going to be a phenomenally gifted passing team in my estimation. And like, clearly it's not the freshman factor in Elliot Cadeau. They have him ranked eighth on the list of top 25. They have a list of top 25 freshmen to watch in the nation. Elliot Cadeau's eighth on that list. Let me read what they said about that. RJ Davis might get confused playing with a backcourt mate in Cadeau who vastly prefers to set up his teammates rather than launch 28 footers a la Caleb Love. See, there's that Caleb Love hate again. <laughs> they are not kind to Caleb in these capsules. Cadeau has to swim upstream against the reclassified point guard current, but the jet quick lightning bolt lives in the paint and will make his fair share of highlight reel passes to his Tar Heel teammates. So, uh, I mean, there you go. You see that they believe in Elliot Kadoa. It's not that. I cannot figure out why these two units together as the 7th and 15th ranked units front and backcourt don't add up to being higher than the 24th best team in the nation. I, I just do not see that. So I, I, I don't get it. But end of the day, I'm glad that they believe so much in Carolina's front court. I'm glad that they believe so much in Carolina's backcourt. I'm glad that they believe so much in Elliot Cadeau as a freshman. And I think, again, that this Carolina team should project to be a top 20, top 15 team, but we have to see it. And we will get to do so in very near weeks. In fact, practice, again, starting this week. Now, later in the week, uh, we haven't gotten to yet, but on Friday, I want to check out what the Almanac has to say about uh, UNC's uh, primer as a whole, what they have to say in their capsule about the Tar Heels, and then their ACC primer. Where do they have the Tar Heels ranked in the ACC and other things like that? We'll get to all that coming up on Friday show. Next, what I want to move to now is looking at on Monday afternoon, we got the details of the ACC SEC challenge. We already know the matchups and who's playing who, but now we know when it'll be, what time, and on what network. So it'll be fun to poke our heads in on that and seeing what's going. <laughs> 
We'll do that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Game Time. Life's always so busy. The last thing I need when I'm buying tickets to events is to try to figure it out so far in advance and make plans. Thankfully, there's Game Time. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets for every event you want to go to. And when choosing the right seats, you don't have to get stressed out about if you're going to have a good view or not of the event because Game Time has views from your seats right there in the app. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Whether it's exclusive flash deals on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, whatever it is, they've got it. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find your tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Want to remind you also that coming up on Friday will be Locked On College Football Live, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page. Make sure you tune in and get ready for this weekend's football action. All right, on Monday afternoon, we learned the details of the inaugural ACC SE Challenge. Want to remind you, coming up tonight, Tuesday night, we will learn finally the conference schedule for the ACC. The women's show will be 7 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network, the men's at 8. And then on Wednesday's show, Coach Pat Kilby and I are going to unpack Carolina's schedule, show you what we see. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk about these details for the ACC SEC Challenge. I'm going to pull up. I've actually got uh, the, the image of it. So for those of you watching, you're going to be able to see this on screen here. And so check that out. But uh, no worries for those of you that are listening. I'll lay all this out for you as well. There are 14 total games in this challenge. Remember, the SEC has 14. ACC has 15 teams. That'll obviously balloon and change next year. We'll get to those details when the time is right. But for this year, 23-24 season, it's still at 14 and 15. So we will get Seven games on Tuesday, November 28th, and seven more to round out the schedule on Wednesday, November 29th. That'll, as I said, cover all 14 SEC schools. The one ACC school that's left out, if you're watching, you can already see it, is Louisville. How weird is that? But it makes sense because they had a terrible year last year, and they don't project to be incredibly awesome this year either. So for those of you looking at the schedule, this is the graphic from the ACC. So it's got all the ACC teams listed, whether they're at home or on the road. So let me just talk us through the schedule. And then uh, I'll just point out a few things that I look at as I look at the schedule, some of the matchups I'm looking forward to. Now, obviously, because this is an ESPN entity, all 14 games are going to be on some ESPN network. That's the whole reason the, the ACC Big Ten Challenge was scrapped, because Big Ten doesn't have ESPN as its major sponsor anymore. Now that is going to be Fox. So all of these games are going to be on one of five networks, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ACC Network, or SEC Network. So there you go. Thursdays games time schedule all these times are es are eastern standard time kicking off we got three games or tipping off i'm in football mode tipping off at 7 p.m eastern 
three games all at once. Mississippi State at Georgia Tech, that's seven on ACC Network. LSU at Syracuse, that's seven on ESPN2. And Notre Dame at South Carolina, uh, that's seven on SEC Network. If that was a women's game, folks will be tuning in like crazy for that one. They'll still watch as we uh, get underway with the Micah Shrewsbury era at Notre Dame there. I guess we've also got the new era at Syracuse as well with Red Autry. Following that, we got two more games tipping off at 7.30. So we'll have five games going on at one time. So all five networks in action. Miami at Kentucky, 7.30 on ESPN. That is the crown jewel of Tuesday night for me. And then also at 7.30, Mizzou will be at Pitt. That's also 7.30 on ESPNU. And then following those at 9 o'clock on ESPN2, is going to be NC State at Ole Miss. Remember, that's Chris Beard now coaching at Ole Miss. Could be really interesting there. And then 9.30, the second kind of crown jewel game of the Tuesday night slate is Clemson at Alabama. That's 9.30 on ESPN. Clemson, or excuse me, Alabama doesn't project to be as good. This year, remember, they had Brandon Miller last year, who was so phenomenal. Carolina played them. They still uh, have several guys that Nate Oates has brought in in the transfer portal. Uh, we all remember that we lost out. Carolina did. Jaron Stevenson went to Alabama. But Clemson gets back P.J. Hall. That should be a fun matchup there. Now, the Wednesday schedule, this is where the Tar Heels will be playing. And they'll be part of that first slate of three games. Everything here is delayed kind of 15 minutes from where it started on Tuesday. So three games tipping off at 7.15. Tar Heels hosting Tennessee, 7.15 Eastern on ESPN. So there you go. Get your popcorn ready. Rick Barnes is coming to town, 7.15 on the mothership ESPN. On ESPN2 at 7.15 is Texas A&M at Virginia. That's a really interesting matchup there. Texas A&M has who I project to be, uh, who I picked on Locked On College Basketball. I picked their guard, Wade Taylor, as the ACC, SEC excuse me, preseason player of the year. Going up against that Virginia defense, we'll see how that turns out. Obviously, Kihei Clark's not there anymore after his 87 years in Charlottesville. Also at 7.15, the third game, this one will be on ESPNU, is Florida at Wake Forest. And then at 9.15, the second time slot, we have four games going on at once here. The crown jewel of the nightcap is Duke at Arkansas. That's on ESPN. That'll be right after Carolina's game. So stick around and root for the Hogs in that one, unless you just got ACC pride and you want to cheer for Duke, which I don't know why anyone tuning into this show would want to. But that should be a great, great electric game there in Bud Walton Arena. Also at 9.15 on ESPN2 will be Virginia Tech at Auburn. On ACC Network will be Georgia at Florida State. And on SEC Network, BC coming down to Nashville to visit Vanderbilt. So there you go. There's those 14 games. There's five in particular that I'm really excited about. I kind of pointed them out as we went through there. But on Tuesday night, really excited about Miami at Kentucky. You've got all this experience with Miami, with Nigel Pack, Wuga Poplar, Norchad O'Meara inside. Um, and then they got uh, Matthew Cleveland transferring over from Florida State is now there at Miami. Should be a great game. Kentucky has all an, another youth movement, but they've got Antonio Reeves back. They got in as just as Carolina was a recipient of West Virginia, the West Virginia debacle. So was Kentucky. They got in Trey Mitchell from that, who is a, a great um, stretch big. So that should be a fun game. 
Also on Tuesday night, really excited about Clemson at Alabama. Curious to see what Nate Oates' team is like this year. But I also think that uh, P.J. Hall is going to be a load inside. Should be a really fun matchup there. And then Wednesday night, the three games in particular I'm watching, obviously the Tar Heels hosting Tennessee should be a lot of fun. Tennessee is really, really underrated in my opinion uh, preseason, but uh, a lot of folks are going to be on this team as well. A lot of it's going to be Zakai Ziegler's health, so we'll watch that. The next one also going on at the same time there is Texas A&M at Virginia. Already kind of talked about why I'm excited for that, but that Texas A&M backcourt against the Virginia pack line defense should be really interesting to watch. And then the other game that we mentioned as kind of the crown jewel of the nightcap on Wednesday is Duke at Arkansas. Must bus Eric Musselman has brought in like 49 guard transfers, LL is from Louisville amongst them. And so we'll see how they can handle that really talented Duke squad coming to Fayetteville. And so should be a lot of fun. Really excited for all of those matchups. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on which ones you're excited to see. Well, we got some news over the weekend in recruiting two different players in the class of 2025 with some news, one scheduling a visit to North Carolina, one including North Carolina in a sort of cut down list. Uh, I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. But first, let me tell you about our brand new sponsor, DoorDash. Hey, are you missing the syrup for your pancakes? Or maybe you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer. Well, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash before to deliver your favorite restaurant food and now you can get grocery delivery too with thousands of grocery grocery stores to choose from you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy in the process you'll get exactly what you ordered or doordash will make it right so sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself want even more value you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero dollar delivery fee on all eligible orders with a uh, with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right there in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, friends. So I want to talk about Caleb Wilson and Darren Peterson, two of the top players in the class of 2025. We recently have been talking about them. There are these eight scholarship offers that Coach Davis has already made in the class of 2025, all of them to like top 15 level players in this class. But two specific reasons uh, or a specific reason for each of these young men that I want to talk about them. We'll start with Caleb Wilson, who is essentially top five consensus. Um, he is number four, number four at 247 Sports, at Rivals, and at ESPN, and he's number three at On3. So, I mean, very, very, very highly coveted player. In fact, 247 has a list of their top 10 high schoolers regardless of class, and he's number nine on that list. So really, really coveted player. The reason that Wilson is in the news, and I want to talk about him right now, 
is that he's been in the process of scheduling his official visits for this fall. Remember, or maybe you don't know, official visits are now unlimited. Players can take as many as they want to. Um, but Wilson had already scheduled three, and over the weekend, he announced that he was scheduling a fourth. So here are those visits. Back on September 9th, he's already taken one of those. He was at Alabama. Tough. Uh, tough weekend for Alabama. You know why? Because that's when they were hosting Texas and when they lost a football game. You never want to have a kid in for a high-level game, and it's like, oh, we crapped the bed in that one. Uh, coming up this weekend, Tennessee will host Caleb Wilson. And, um, you know, football season, we always want to look at who are they playing. So they'll be hosting, the Vols will be hosting South Carolina, that uh, offensive line that's a sieve that we've already looked at. And then on October 14th, he'll be at Kentucky. They're hosting Mizzou that weekend in football. But the new school, he added an official visit to, you can probably guess who it is, and it's why we're talking about him. Today is North Carolina. He's coming to Carolina the weekend of November 11th. And. Here's what, here's what I want to say. I think this is a perfect weekend for this young man to be in Chapel Hill. And here's why that Saturday, he will be at, you know, be able to be at the football game, Carolina's homecoming weekend, and they're playing the blue devils. Now you gotta be careful. Cause you don't want it to be like Duke beating up on Clemson. You gotta go out and win this football game. But if so, it's like, welcome to the Carolina Duke rivalry. You want to be on the winning side of it. Come be a Tar Heel. But then also on Sunday, Carolina is hosting Lehigh in basketball. Should be a blowout basketball game, a neat opportunity to see Carolina just have a big time win after hopefully a big time win on Saturday against Duke. So I, I love that weekend. But again, you cannot lose to Duke in football on Saturday. It's just like this past weekend, UConn hosted the number one player in 2024, Cooper Flagg, who's from New England. But they were playing Duke in football, and Duke is like the assumed leader for Cooper Flag. And obviously, UConn got obliterated by Duke in football. Terrible scheduling. So, again, Carolina has to be careful not to lose to Duke that weekend, but excited for Caleb Wilson to get on campus. As people say all the time, if you get on campus, don't come unless you want to be a Tar Heel because you'll be sold. So, just as a reminder, Caleb Wilson, 6'9. 200-pound power forward, currently goes to Holy Innocence Episcopal School in the Atlanta area. Um, he is a July birthday, July 18th of 06, so he will be uh, 18 next July, so on the older side of being a senior there. But, man, has all sorts of great stuff he brings to the table. Uh, hasn't made a cut list yet, has a whole slew of offers on the table, but you love to see him taking an official visit to Carolina. Now, the other player, just quickly we'll mention it because it's less uh, of big news, but Darren Peterson, who is the consensus number two player in the class of 2025, he's third at Rivals, but he's uh, second everywhere else. He has narrowed his list, but still 16 schools on this list. I'll give them all to you, all 16, Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Indiana, Kansas, Kansas State, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan, Michigan State, North Carolina, Ohio State, Oregon, South Carolina, Texas, UCLA. So the news is, for now, Carolina has made the list for Darren Peterson. That's really all you, all you need to know is that they're still in the running. But it's almost like this list is more notable for who's not on it. Teams like Duke or Villanova, for example. Um, and I, I mentioned that Caleb Wilson was number nine on the list of top ten players regardless of class. Darren Peterson is number five. So this dude, absolute stud, somebody you want to get. He's a 6'5 shooting guard, so got all that great height and size that you want. 
can shoot the lights out uh, last year um, as a sophomore was in finalist for Mr. Basketball in Ohio, 31 points a game, 9.8 rebounds, 2.8 steals, 1.3 assists. So, I mean, just absolutely doing work was part of the USA FIBA U16 team this year. Phenomenal player is from Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy in the Canton, Ohio area. But this year he's going to Huntington prep in West Virginia. Um, great. One of those um, prep schools. That's just like a basketball factory churning them out and West Virginia players can get NIL while they can't in Ohio. So it makes some sense there. Um, so we'll keep our eyes on, on Darren Peterson, see if he starts scheduling some, uh, some visits and what he might do. So Darren pa- Peterson, would love to have him as well. Now, somebody asked me, why would you even make a list if all you're doing is cutting down to 16? Well, I'll say a couple things to that. Engagement with fan bases. You want to get your name out there. You want to try to spark interest. Um, also, think of it as like, remember yourself at 16. You want to be known. You want to get your name out there. Uh, it's fun to be courted. You want to keep as many people interested and around as possible. And maybe, just maybe, you want to send a list to people who aren't or send a message to people who aren't on this list. Like, hey, you're not on my list. Come at me. You know what I'm saying? Come at me. Whatever. So, um, all in all, with both of these 2025 guys, Coach Davis has so far, again, offered eight. My hope, my goal for Carolina is that they can land like two of them. So, when we lose out on several, don't be dismayed. Carolina's casting a wide net looking to get these guys in. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for joining us. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Email us, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats, and we'd love for you to smash the like button so we know you are here. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be back with you tomorrow unpacking, finally, the ACC schedule. But until then, peace. Peace.